The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome. Ken and Cheryl Dawson here with Ben Dansker. He's an Israeli business consultant, and we're going to be talking about how to do business in Israel as well as Middle East in general. Um, we, uh, on a recent program, were able to interview George Gilder on his new book, The Israel Test. And then on another program, we spoke with uh, Roe Madai. He's the economic counsel for Israel. And we talked about the vibrant economic uh, environment in Israel and how it supports capitalism and freedom really around the world. Uh, having recently t- toured Israel ourselves, we witnessed uh, the differences in the Arab-controlled West Bank versus Israel and saw that entrepreneurship and freedom in Israel creates tremendous opportunities and attracts uh, capital from around the world. We're going to be talking about, um, uh, with Ben, uh, the practical ways in which we can take advantage of those opportunities in Israel as well as other countries. So before we get started, I want to give just a little brief background on Ben's um, experience. He's a partner uh, in ATID or ED, how do you say that, Ben? Atid, the word Atid actually is Hebrew for futures. It's a a consulting firm specializing in uh, facilitating trade and investment, gathering strategic information, performing market research, as well as feasibility studies, networking among businesses, and orchestrating trade events for governments, um, public agencies, nonprofit organizations, as well as private clients. Ben was born in Boston and has worked in urban planning in the public sector and strategic planning for U.S. healthcare and information system sectors. After immigrating to Israel in 1984, he worked in business planning and financial analysis for a solar energy company. Ben's expertise includes project planning, strategic planning, economic analysis, organization development, business plan preparation, and business writing. He has, a, has extensive experience in all facets of managing small to mid-sized organizations. Ben has his B.A. from Emory University and a Master's in Urban Planning from Harvard University. Fluent in English and Hebrew, he has written for professional journals as well as newspapers and even some short stories. Welcome, Ben. We're delighted to have you with us today. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be with you. Well, tell us, what prompted you to go to Israel in 1984? Sure. Uh, I'm an American citizen as well as an Israeli citizen, and I love and have a tremendous amount of uh, respect for the United States. But I wanted to be part of this sort of major historical event of the Jewish people returning to its homeland and uh, rebuilding uh, a Jewish nation here where we had lived uh, thousands of years ago. 
And did you know Hebrew when you went? I knew Hebrew, not at the at what I would call the conversation level, not at a level of uh, what I would call professional fluency. I knew enough to get by when I when I arrived. How, how long did it really get? Did you get comfortable with it, using it in a business setting? Uh, I would say um, I began using it in business right away, um, but to uh, to the level where I felt really comfortable, it was a couple of years. It's important to point out, though, that um, most Israeli professionals uh, speak English. In fact, as you probably uh, realized on your recent trip here, most Israelis speak English, even if not all of them at a high level of fluency. So it was um, possible in business and professional life to switch to English when my Hebrew wasn't sufficient. Well, we certainly uh, noticed as we were in the shops and in the hotels that um, most people uh, could comfortably uh, converse with us in English. And uh, we, of course, were very impressed as we drove around your tiny country that, you know, all the signs are in English as well as the Hebrew and Arabic. So you really make it easy for uh, for foreigners to get around. Sure. Well, this is, you know, a country with an international perspective. It's a small country, and we know that... uh, you know that we have to be open, very open to the world, and that includes making making sure that people are comfortable here. And in certain then we uh, we had then when we were there, we had a chance to talk to not only people on our tour but people that we met over there. And since coming back, we've talked to a number of business people who are very, very intrigued by our trip and were very jealous, quite honestly, that we had a chance to go and. They expressed interest in not only doing a business in Israel, but perhaps even coming over there and uh, becoming an entrepreneur. Could you share your thoughts on that with our listeners, please? Well, there are a lot of opportunities in Israel for uh, for entrepreneurs. There are a lot of opportunities for investment, opportunities for joint ventures as well. Um, it, as you um, as you've heard. Uh, Israel is a uh, technological uh, hothouse, essentially, for new ideas. Uh, and uh, any business person who wants to come here, um, there are a number of routes that they can uh, choose in order to have a productive trip. There are companies like our, like our company, which will um, set up meetings and um, bring people to, uh, to appropriate businesses. There are also some government entities. The Ministry of Industry and Trade uh, will help uh, large companies that, that are interested in coming here, um, meeting the appropriate uh, appropriate entities on this side of over here. We'll have then, uh, as far as a lot of opportunity it, to, to talk about the various ins and outs of that. Um, sure. Before we get too deeply into that, Ben, tell us a little bit what it's like to live in Israel. and Where, where are you in, in Israel? So I live in a small town called Efrat, which is uh, southeast of Jerusalem, located about halfway, a little, uh, a few miles south of Bethlehem, and about halfway between uh, Jerusalem and Hebron. We're a city of about uh, 9,000 people, um, part of a, uh, a group of other uh, cities and towns that together make about 20,000 people. About a 20-minute ride into Jerusalem, so in, in, in some ways we're a, a suburb of Jerusalem. Most people work. Uh, work in Jerusalem, um, and life here is uh, very nice. I have family, wife, four children. Um, life is pleasant. It has its ups and downs like anywhere, and there have been security concerns over the years, which um, 
uh, certainly everybody is, is well aware of. Yes. Well, you were educated in the U.S. and uh, worked here before going to Israel. Uh, how would you compare the business environment in Israel uh, to the U.S. and then also to, you know, what has transpired in the last couple of decades uh, as you've, uh, you know, worked and developed your country, uh, a company and consulting practice there? Sure. No, those are those are really two questions. There are a lot of differences between Israel of, say, 25 years ago and today, and, and some differences, although fewer, uh, between uh, between the U.S. and Israel. First, let me talk a little bit about the differences between now and then, which are really quite dramatic. And most of those differences, um, many of those differences are very, very important to the role Israel is playing today, sort of in the uh, in the technological world. And many of these differences relate to the massive shift from what was then trade union ownership of so many companies then to private ownership today. Since public ownership meant that profit wasn't terribly important and there wasn't much competition, quality and service in those days were not terribly good. Both have improved dramatically, though there's still room for improvement with regard to service. For example, 25 years ago, the phone company was essentially a government department, part of the Ministry of Communications. It didn't really matter to anyone how many phones were sold and how many phone lines were installed. Same was true even if some appliances were manufactured by companies owned by the main trade union. In short, quality, service, the variety of products, all these things have improved dramatically. Part of this is, of course, related to infrastructure, which is now at the very highest standards, uh, both telecommunications infrastructure, even transportation infrastructure. It's important to note that without some of these changes which occurred, Israel's seemingly almost sudden appearance in a leading role on the world technological innovation stage might never have occurred, or at least not to the extent that it has. And without the reforms which began in the mid-1980s, it's even questionable whether the mass immigration of uh, generally well-educated Jews from the former Soviet Union would have been possible or so successful. In terms of differences between the U.S. and Israel, well, first of all, there are fewer now than when I moved to Israel. Many Israelis have worked abroad. The um, management of many high-tech companies um, uh, comprise people who, um, who spent many years working uh, in Silicon Valley or in other areas uh, of the United States. And I think most Americans would find Israel today a fairly comfortable place in which to do business. But there are a few differences that might be interesting. Uh, Israel is less formal than much of the U.S., um, Israelis tend to uh, call each other by their first name, including you know, the president of a company, sometimes including the president of the, uh, of the country. Um, while family life in Israel is sacred, nonetheless, and maybe even paradoxically, Israelis tend to blur the divisions between private life and work life. Uh, a mundane example is that at least until the advent of mobile phones, Israeli business cards included a person's home phone number. And so the, uh, the expectation was that if you needed to reach uh, somebody in the evening, you called them at home. Um, so, too, it's very common that in the last weeks of August and during other school holidays, employees will bring their children to work, young children to work. Um, uh, another um, difference is company, I don't know how different it is really, but company loyalty is very, very strong here. A place of employment becomes a family in a way, and though even in the high-tech sector there's some moving about, my impression is that there's less moving about, there's less turnover. People tend to 
look upon a, um, a place of work as a place where they want to stay for a long time, develop strong social relationships um, among fellow employees. Um, I, I, that may relate as well to the, uh, to the blurred division between private and work life, or it may relate to, uh, to other matters that, that contribute to a strong sense of loyalty. It, it, it's not, I wouldn't compare it to Japan where there's the sense of uh, where you work for a company for life, um, but, it, but it is strong here, and it's um, particularly strong in, th- in the traditional industries. And, and even you, you see it sometimes dramatically when companies go out of business, how um, heartbroken uh, the employees are. And it's not only a matter of the fact that they're out of a job. It, this place of work has become like a second home to them. That's really interesting, and I think that appeals uh, even to people here in the U.S. where uh, things have become more transactional and uh, with all of the um, downsizing and and industry changes that we've seen over the last particularly couple of decades, um, that that you're you're right, that loyalty uh, bond is is not as strong as it once was, but... uh, that's, that's really incredible. Well, we're going to have to take a little break here, uh, Ben, but when we get back, we're going to learn more about doing business in Israel. So stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success better job better pay better life the wisdom of the labyrinth is designed to encourage you to discover renew and improve your spiritual practice to sustain you during this time of planetary upheaval join lauren Artress for an ongoing conversation that includes storytellers authors improvisational musicians and wisdom speakers from all walks of life the labyrinth offers guidance and strength as we put one foot in front of the other to meet the challenges and embrace the joys that life offers the wisdom of the labyrinth thursdays at noon west 3 p.m east on seventh wave network 
Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Streaming live, the leader in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Ben Vansker, and he's an Israeli business consultant, and he's already shared with us some interesting perspectives on the differences between uh, doing business here in the U.S. and in Israel. We'll talk more about that in this segment. Ken, did you have a question you'd like to pose? I did. Ben, I'd like to pick up on a point I made in the last segment, and that is um, uh, the commonalities between our countries. A a specific example is... uh, I met with a, uh, some businessmen this morning who were very intrigued with our trip, and Cheryl took uh, hundreds of excellent pictures, and they kind of flipped through the book. And they were really intrigued by the country, but they had some questions that I couldn't answer, and I'd like you to uh, address those if you would. And, and they are specifically the similarities between the United States and Israel relative to things like salary and cost of living and unemployment rate. Could you share some of your thoughts on that for businessmen who have an interest in coming over there? Yeah, for sure. The the cost of living here is actually something that's uh, fairly well calculated statistically, and it turns out that uh, on average, cost of living in Israel is about... 80% or 85% of the cost of living in the United States. So that if somebody needs $100,000 in the United States, they need $85,000 in Israel. That's that's a very rough average based on some uh, analysis done by um, the World Bank. Uh, Salaries, however, here are probably on average about 60% of what salaries are in the U.S. And and per capita income here is uh, is similarly about... uh, approximately half of what it is in the U.S., um, so that the standard of living here is a bit lower. Um, when you're outside of the main uh, uh, urban areas, uh, it, it becomes fairly clear that there is a segment of the population living at a lower standard of living than that in the United States. You can see it in certain ways. For example, fewer people have two cars. Uh, homes and apartments are smaller. Um, and... In, in general, though, uh, it's, not, it's not terribly dissimilar. In other words, even though um, salaries are somewhat lower and the cost of living is a bit lower, you know, there are, when, you, when you walk through a shopping mall here or you walk through a shopping mall in Houston, it's not going to seem uh, terribly different. Um, How about, 
How about unemployment rate, Ben? The unemployment rate here right now is a little bit under 8%. It, uh, it had been dropping up until the point of the uh, financial crisis that uh, uh, began at the end of uh, 2008. The unemployment rate at that point was below 7 had, had dropped below 7%, uh, and then it crept up in the first months of the economic crisis to over 8%. People thought it was going to go up to 10%. It never did, and in fact, it started to very slowly creep down. I know you and constantly have uh, immigration in, into uh, Israel. Is that, uh, I imagine, has an impact on unemployment? What would be, where were you at before the crisis hit, the financial crisis? Well, immigration had been um, quite uh, quite dramatic throughout the 1990 throughout the 1990s. Uh, with approximately a million immigrants arriving between uh, 1989 and uh, about the year 2000. That's dramatically dropped off for several reasons. One is that most of these immigrants were coming from the former Soviet Union, and that pool of immigration has, has uh, largely dried up. In other words, it's, it's largely finished. Um, so at the rate of immigration, which had been 150 to 200,000 a year, is now closer to 25 or 30,000 uh, a year. It has little impact on unemployment. There was huge concern when the massive wave of immigration uh, began at the end of the 1980s that how would, how would such a huge number of people be absorbed? But in fact, the economy absorbed them fairly quickly, largely because of the economic reforms which had taken place in the years before uh, immigration really created uh, sort of a, the groundwork here, even though people didn't know that the immigration was going to happen. That was a very dramatic uh, event. Um, but but it was the, an enabler, as it were. Without those economic reforms, it's hard to know how, how so many people would have been absorbed. I would say, though, right now, most people who, who immigrate to Israel from a Western country are generally uh, lining up their job prospects before they arrive here. And so I would say it has very little impact on unemployment. And in fact, throughout Israel's history, it has been a major stimulus uh, to the economy. Well, so I also understand that a lot of the uh, the immigrants uh, really brought skills and entrepreneurial capability that actually helped drove your, um, you know, your Absolutely. Growth. Absolutely. They brought for sure skills, technical knowledge, uh, tremendous uh, motivation and desire. And I think that um, even if those who came from the former Soviet Union probably were not that entrepreneurial themselves, what happened is those technological skills, I would say, got matched up with the kind of uh, innate entrepreneurial abilities of the uh, population was always living that, that was already living here. And I think the two things combined very nicely. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I know that you received your master's, uh, Ben, in urban planning from Harvard University. What prompted you to uh, complete that degree, and how has it helped you uh, in your consulting? Sure. Well, I was interested in urban planning for uh, for a long time, and I also felt uh, that at an earlier stage in my life, when I had been thinking that perhaps I would want to live in Israel, that uh, that urban planning would be a good degree. I actually, at the uh, the beginning of the 1980s, um, made a decision that I wanted to try to move into the private sector. And uh, the truth is, I think planning is planning to, to some extent, regard, regardless of the sector. 
Planning is really an attempt to define what it is you're trying to achieve, what the obstacles are to achieving it, and what you're going to do about the obstacles. Um, where I studied urban planning at Harvard was very economics-oriented and very analytic, and those skills were useful in, in a lot of fields other than just urban planning. Um, in terms of how uh, specifically that degree has helped me, some of the work which I've personally been involved in in my company is in the preparation of strategic plans and business plans for both businesses and not-for-profits, and the training in urban planning was, uh, was definitely useful in that respect. I can then see the, where that uh, question uh, I had. Skills. Go ahead, Ken. Then the question I had earlier, um, if I can just kind of drill down on that a little bit, uh, relative to consulting, which is what you're doing now, uh, the consultants I talked to who also had an interest in coming over, would you kind of share specifically about the consulting field, the same questions I had earlier in terms of, uh, you know, how it compares with the U.S. and the consulting or entrepreneurial opportunities that exist in Israel today? Right. Well, the consulting firm has become fairly well-developed here in, uh, in the past 10 or 15 years. There was much less of it when I first came to Israel. Israelis, I don't think, were very good at uh, listening to advice from other people, and that since what consultants do is, uh, in one form or another, give advice, um, it took a while for it to, uh, to take hold here. But now consulting exists in every field from human resource consulting to business consulting, organizational development consulting, um, uh, help with preparation of business plans. I think the whole notion of outsourcing certain uh, activities of a firm to consulting firms that have the expertise that your firm may be lacking uh, exists here. There are engineering consulting firms. Um, there are also some international consulting firms, such as McKinsey, which have, um, which have a presence here as well. Um, a foreign, uh, a non-Israeli consultant who wants to uh, come here and work is probably um, better off joining one of the existing consulting firms here. Uh, the big four accounting firms have offices here. They all have consulting uh, departments, or it's departments which undertake management consulting for their clients. Those, I would say, are the, uh, if that's your question, those are the uh, primary primary opportunities in that field. All right. Now, Ben, as far as uh, consulting fees and margins, could you speak directly to that? Yeah. Um, consulting hourly rates here are, uh, are significantly less than hourly rates uh, in the U.S., I think, in most cases. Um, It'll be a, a rare consultant who can get more than $150 an hour for, uh, uh, for his time here. When an international consulting firm, such as McKinsey, is doing a project in Israel, they're going to charge their uh, regular international rates. Um, and Israeli companies will pay a premium for, um, uh, for consulting from a, uh, a top international company. But the local firms here... Uh, including the big four accounting firms, which I'll call local because they're really operating as local uh, offices, will be uh, generally charging uh, the, the local rates, which uh, vary, but it's going to be in the $150 uh, plus minus range. Same will go for uh, lawyers, although there are some law firms which can get more than that. Okay, well, we you. appreciate your sharing that with us. That's very interesting. And 
I know that uh, you've worked in a number of industries yourself, uh, Ben, healthcare and IT and even alternative energies. These are really uh, growth areas for entrepreneurship. Was that strategic on your part that you got involved in, in, in the right businesses? Well, maybe a combination of, uh, I'd like to say some was strategic, some of it was serendipitous. Um, basically what happened, after about four years after getting my planning degree, I thought I would like to shift into the private sector, and I gave some thought as to which of my skills were transferable. And if you think about it, um, what is it, if you think about what it is that you actually do, do well, enjoy, most people I think will find that there are a number of career opportunities that their skills uh, lend themselves to. Anyway, that shift brought me to a large health insurance company, and in particular to the field of strategic planning for information systems at that company. And this was in the days really when information systems were still run on the big mainframes, and it was about the time that uh, PCs were beginning to uh, come on the market. So it was an interesting time. It was an interesting time to be involved in strategic planning. It was an interesting time to be involved in the health sector. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, how you help companies be successful in Israel. Sure. Um, there, are, there are several ways, and it depends on the, on the company. Um, but if, for example, we're working with an entrepreneur, one of the things that we try to do is help them to focus, help them to express their ideas clearly, translate their ideas into terms that have meanings for invest, meaning for investors. And that may involve preparing plans, business plans, uh, written, pre- uh, written presentations. Um, also, on a small scale, we make some introductions. Uh, we'll introduce local entrepreneurs to uh, investors, given our exposure in both the U.S. and the uh, Israeli business community. That's how we work with entrepreneurs. It's a whole other topic how we work with um, uh, U.S. companies who want to do business in Israel, and I imagine that you'll want to hear about that as well. We'll uh, pick that up in the next segment because we just had a, sure. minute, a minute here. But I understand that you also work in Turkey, Jordan, and the United Arab Emirates, perhaps some of the other countries uh, in the Middle East as well. Um, how do you differentiate those markets and, and countries you work with there? there? Well, that's um, that's a big question, um, and we can, oh, we can sort of start on that. It, each, each of these markets is very different, and the opportunities for... Uh, American companies is quite different. Uh, we can we can start on that if you want. Um, I can start with Turkey, uh, for example. We can talk about some of the opportunities in Turkey. Um, uh, important thing about Turkey is that its its business relationship has always been much stronger with Europe than with the, than with the United States, and it, trade between Turkey and the United States has not really grown much above three billion dollars in decades. And part of that is that the European countries are very well entrenched. Europe is, of course, much closer to Turkey, and it's, so it's, uh, it's, it's easier for them in some ways to do business. But there are opportunities for American companies. Uh, defense and security is one area where there are um, opportunities for American companies. Industrial chemicals, Turkey is a major importer of chemicals and uh, chemical products. Medical equipment. Um, is very important. Much, much of the uh, medical infrastructure in Turkey is being upgraded, and uh, Turkey does look to the United States as a uh, source for, um, for medical equipment, although today the U.S. has only about 25% of the Turkish market. Uh, pharmaceuticals is another area. Uh, environment is an area that's becoming uh, an area of greater opportunities, so U.S. companies in the environmental field could have uh, significant opportunities in Turkey. 
um, oil and gas as well. And Turkey has, uh, has turned into a major conduit for oil and gas between the Caspian Sea, Central Asia regions, and Western Europe. And there's a lot of um, investment in infrastructure uh, for that um, uh, for that uh, oil and gas to be moving from from the Caspian to uh, to Western Europe. That's Turkey. Um, well, let's uh, let's uh, let's pick up in the next segment on some of these other countries. That's really fascinating. Sure. And of course, being here in Houston, we're, we're very familiar with how important energy is um, and how strategically positioned Turkey is in that regard. So we're going to take a little break here, but when we get back, we're going to talk more about the incredible business opportunities in Israel. So be sure to stay tuned. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success better job better pay better life our past lives hold the key to our present and future lives the process of uncovering past life memories help us understand ourselves heal grief create more meaningful relationships and evolve and grow spiritually let your past will open your future with host michelle brock help you discover that key included in the discussion will be reincarnation hypnosis dreams meditation and symbolism Tune in to Your Past Will Open Your Future, live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. We're with Ben Dansker, and we're learning lots of things about doing business in Israel and the Middle East. And in our last segment, um, we learned a little bit about Turkey. And, uh, Ben, I, I know that you uh, have worked in some of the other countries in the Middle East. Ken, I know you had a, a question you wanted to pose. Uh, yeah, Ben, the 
big question today for, again, this is when I talk to is the uh, number of questions relative to Israel's uh, position international and how their political situation affects it, but also uh, I, have, I have business friends who had business in Dubai, and that's having a real ripple effect in their business. Your thoughts on that, if you would, please. Sure. Well, as everybody is aware, in the past few years, um, Dubai is part of what's called the United Arab Emirates. It's um, strong, the strongest ec- uh, economically of all of the, uh, of the Emirates. Um, and as everyone is pretty much aware, in the past few years, that, it, that, it, that entire area, the UAE, has enjoyed a frenzy of economic expansion with money inflows led mainly by petrodollar investments from the region and beyond. But the economic downturn that began in late 2008 has hit the UAE and has hit the Emirate of Dubai. And, of course, in recent weeks, we've been hearing even more about um, uh, the possibility of an actual economic meltdown in Dubai. Uh, From what I'm reading, uh, it it seems that most analysts are saying right now, uh, as, as, as well as they can, I mean, nobody's a prophet, um, that it won't be an actual that it won't be an actual meltdown. That uh, money will be transferred from one source to another to cover debt. Um, that the rulers of the uh, of the country are going to do everything they can to make sure that uh, the bubble doesn't burst entirely because they have far too much invested. Um, but the bubble may shrink a bit. Um, and. Uh, an apartment that rented for $8,000 a month may just rent for $6,000 a month. Um, a party that somebody might have given for uh, 2,000 people, he'll give a party for 1,500 people. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. I think that what we'll find is that uh, the situation there will will stabilize in a short period of time. But I'm not a prophet, and I'm certainly uh, just uh, giving it, giving it a guess based on what I read. Well, you are a research analyst, though, so... <laughs> well, you also do some work in Jordan, is that right, Ben? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, with regard to Jordan, um, Jordan is one of the countries in which we represent uh, a number of U.S. states operating their trade offices. Our, our trade offices are headquartered here in, um, in Jerusalem, but our responsibility for these states extends to uh, part of the region as well, including Jordan, Turkey, and the UAE, and in fact, uh, to other countries in the region on an as-needed basis. Uh, Jordan is an interesting um, country. For, for many years, its economy was based on trade, flows in and out of Jordan, uh, going to other countries in the region. Um, but it's begun to, to develop some of its own strength. Uh, it has a very educated workforce, one of the most highly educated workforces uh, in the region outside of uh, outside of Israel. In fact, it may be second to Israel in the region. And many of its um, uh, professional uh, class were, in fact, educated abroad. Many of them educated in England, and uh, they still have some ties to, uh, uh, to England. Uh, in terms of opportunities for um, American companies, some of the areas there would be healthcare, medical services, and equipment. Um, Jordan has been trying to develop uh, what's called medical tourism, uh, in fact, the UAE also tried to develop medical tourism, but hasn't been really that successful. Jordan seems to be a bit more successful. Part of the problem was UAE had some difficulty, it seems, uh, attracting the best doctors. 
Jordan has its own educated doctors. Um, one thing to to slip back to the UAE for a minute that many people may not realize is that nearly the entire professional establishment in the UAE are non-native. In other words, they're um, not citizens of the UAE. They're citizens generally uh, from, from other Asian countries, mostly from India. Um, and the entire professional class in the UAE, Dubai as, uh, as, as part of that, are made up generally of non-Dubaians or non-Emiratis, uh, as they're called. Um, Jordan is different. Jordan has its own uh, Jordanian professional class. Um, some other areas of opportunity may be uh, environmental technologies. Um, another possible area is uh, security and safety equipment. Um, those seem to be some areas where uh, U.S. have made some inroads. Um, that speaks. You, really, uh, uh, you mentioned the uh, yeah, Ben. You mentioned the um, uh, medical tourism. I, I'd heard that term before. Maybe define that for for us. Yeah, sure. The idea is that um, countries uh, uh, such as Jordan um, feel that uh, because of the uh, lower cost and yet um, equally good in some respect, lower cost of medical of medical care and yet equally good in some respects, they can attract um, patients from countries where medical care is um, uh, a very expensive or wealthy citizens of countries where medical care is not very good. In other words, mm -hmm. I think those are the two angles that medical tourism typically um, typically plays. There's a, a bit of this in Turkey as well. Um, and, in fact, there are some joint ventures in Turkey between U.S. hospitals and uh, Turkish hospitals. Now, you mentioned, too, that you're supporting a number of states with their development programs. Uh, how, how does that uh, relationship work? Sure. Um, our our um, company works for six U.S. states. Uh, these states include Delaware, Georgia, Illinois, New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Pennsylvania. We also work with uh, the state of Virginia, though, in a slightly different model. Uh, what we do for these companies, what we do for these states is we serve companies in those states. Any company in that state, in, in those states, that would like to do business in this part of the world, whether it's Israel, UAE, Turkey, Jordan, or really anywhere else, um, has uh, the right to, uh, to turn to us either directly or via the Department of Commerce in those states uh, for assistance in, in entering the local market here. And what we do for those companies is we gather information on the local market vis-a-vis -vis their product, we locate potential distributors or importers for their product. We qualify the distributors. In other words, we don't just pass on a list. We only send the names of distributors or importers uh, who we have some familiarity with. Uh, we facilitate communication between the U.S. company and the local company and do whatever is necessary to bring the two parties together um, uh, to work together. Uh, so is that a combined fee? That is, do you get a fee from the state and then the business? A fee from the state. The, the company itself doesn't have to pay anything. Wow, that's pretty. That's amazing. Right, that's the model that all of these states work with. The model in Virginia is a little bit different. Um, rather than pay us a uh, an annual retainer, the state of Virginia subsidizes companies. In other words, if a mm -hmm. company comes to the state and says we'd like some information on the market for whatever it may be. Uh, in Israel or Turkey or wherever it is, 
the state will will uh, support the cost of uh, uh, of that work, and we're the contractor uh, to the state of Virginia. That's the model uh, with the state of Virginia. Um, that's uh, what we also do in order to um, uh, help the states sort of in their development programs. We work with them to encourage export from their region. And the way that we do that is uh, the states will mount a sort of a, uh, a week of uh, seminars in the state in which uh, somebody from our company will go from community to community and spend a day talking about opportunities in the region, talking about um, uh, what it means to do business here, uh, encouraging companies, getting information from the company there uh, that will enable uh, the start of some kind of effort to, to help them uh, get positioned here in the local market. What's interesting is a lot of times these states themselves are involved in actual outreach. In other words, they're not working with it's important to keep in mind they're not working with the large companies. The really large companies don't typically need us. They're working with the small and medium-sized companies yeah. who, may, who have not done a whole lot of export and need to be encouraged to export and maybe even um, worried about doing business in this part of the world. If they've exported before, maybe it was to Canada or Mexico, but not, um, and not beyond the Western Hemisphere. Um, they may be afraid of language barriers or cultural barriers or misunderstandings. So part of our job really is um, to encourage, to, um, to facilitate, to sort of uh, help people get beyond whatever the barriers there may be. Um, to, uh, okay, to well, we're going to need to uh, take one more break here, and we'll come back in the last segment to uh, talk a little bit more about working with the mid-sized companies. So stay tuned. Don't go away. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition. And through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One Total System user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services and much more read get off the treadmill the total career success blog from ken and cheryl dawson and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com total career success better job better pay better life do you want to know what's really going on these days 
Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. We're with Ben Dansker, and we're learning a lot about doing business in, in Israel and, uh, Ken, I think you wanted to lead with a question. I did. One more question, Ben, about my friends who, by the way, are hopefully listening to this show. And it has to do with the political climate in Israel. And they're just asking, uh, well, you know, does, that, does the current political environment affect potential business, uh, not only in Israel, but here back in the States? Your thoughts on that for my friends? Yeah, I would say, having been here through uh, the ups and downs of... Um, uh, political problems over the past few years, that there is not a, uh, a direct relationship between political problems and business. In other words, business has been, um, has been in an upward spiral for really the past 20 years with a few bubbles. The, there was the high-tech bubble, the world high-tech bubble that, uh, in the year 2001, uh, 2000, 2001, that affected Israel as well. But I would say that politics has um, had very, very little impact um, the political environment is probably uh, worse today than it's been in a long time, and yet uh, Israel's economy, in spite of the uh, of the world uh, financial crisis, is going pretty strongly. That's good news, That's indeed. Well, we, we've learned a lot about some of the things you do to support both um, uh, states who want to support their uh, co- uh, companies and their um, local environments to uh, export. Maybe you could give us just a couple of examples of how you successfully helped companies get started in, in doing business in Israel. Sure. Give me examples of some um, with, without actually naming the specific company. Uh, we worked with a Georgia company um, that uh, is the largest, that is a large producer of fire retardant treated wood, and we um, got them into the market uh, in uh, the UAE. Um, and they've, they've started to have some fairly significant sales. We worked with a, um, uh, another company that repairs um, aircraft components, and we got them into a, uh, a, a venture with a major uh, aircraft industry here in Israel. Um, we've uh, worked with um, a company, a Pennsylvania company, actually produces a wide variety of standard and custom industrial flat panel displays. We've gotten them. Uh, into the uh, Israel market. We've worked with a, um, 
a uh, furniture manufacturer also in Pennsylvania who manufactures from 100% recycled uh, uh, poly furniture, and we've gotten them uh, into Israel. We've gotten a uh, Pennsylvania designer and manufacturer of fluid handling pipeline strainers into the Jordanian market. Uh, we've gotten a logistics company uh, from Pennsylvania into the uh, Turkish market. Um, we've also, I, I think we really didn't talk about it too much, but we also promote investment by Israeli companies into the U.S. It may sound a little odd, but any Israeli company really that wants to ultimately do business in the U.S. is going to set up some kind of operation in the U.S. eventually. So we uh, helped an Israeli biotechnology company um, uh, set up a U.S. subsidiary, which now has uh, 30 employees. We helped a uh, building panel ma Israeli manufacturer uh, set up a company, uh, which now has um, approximately 70 employees. Um, we helped a um, Arab-owned company in Nazareth open a facility. Uh, they they're actually a biotech company um, doing a biomedical research, and uh, and they produce some clinical equipment. And they're opening up a facility which looks like it'll start with 30 jobs. And, and though this number of jobs may not sound huge, that's the starting point. And obviously, ultimately, the hope is that there'll be hundreds of jobs created by these um, by these companies. I think that's excellent. So, when you're helping an Israeli company come here, are they primarily going to the states you mentioned, or are they selecting? Basically, we're doing the that this, this work as well on behalf of the states that uh, that we work for. In other words, we actually actively promote. These states, we have seminars. We'll have an Invest in Georgia seminar, an Invest in Pennsylvania seminar, um, uh, Invest in Delaware seminar, and sometimes oh, we'll excellent. bring delegations over. In fact, we recently, it's not one of our states, but they hired us anyway. The state of Wisconsin had a uh, trade delegation here headed by the governor uh, with about 15 or 20 um, business people and other government uh, people as well. Uh, we arranged that uh that trade mission, we made up. We made the appointment, set up a uh, invest in Wisconsin seminar. Um, so yes, we we promote uh, specifically the states with whom uh, with whom we work. Well, we only have a few minutes here left in the sh in the program, uh, Ben. So I wanted to make sure everyone is aware that you do publish a newsletter. I saw that on your website. So maybe you could give um, what your website is, and and if there's any other way to contact you. Sure. Uh, the website, first of all, is www.atid-edi.com. That's the website. And once you're on the website, the newsletter is uh, uh, right there. You just click on to the newsletter. The newsletter is, um, is, is free, of course. Uh, it comes out uh, every two weeks, um, and it includes... Uh, an, an overview of the Israeli economy and an overview of uh, the economy of the other countries in the region. In addition to that, we uh, talk about new products that are being developed, uh, mainly here in Israel, new product that we have product and technology news. Uh, we um, also do an in-depth uh, section of the newsletter where we'll do an in-depth study of a particular um, market in the area of a particular country. Um, such as when this recent crisis um, uh, occurred in uh, Dubai, so there'll be an in-depth um, piece on that. Um, and every two weeks, there are 
a few more in-depth um, uh, studies. Uh, we have a special section on Israel life science news uh, and a section on economic statistics. We even have a section on um, developments in uh, the Arab world and in Pakistan, a section on developments in uh, Turkey, uh, Cyprus, uh, Greece, and now even we've added Bulgaria. Uh, about I found 30- it very, yeah, I found it very fascinating, Ben, and so I encourage everyone who are interested in that part of the world to visit it. Also, if you're interested in our pictorial uh, chronicle of our trip to Israel, you can go to www.celebratingchrist.com to view that, and we had a great time putting that together. Also, this being the Christmas season, for those of you who might be looking for a job and would like some help, if you go to our website, www.totalcareersuccess.com, you'll find our blog there from Career Treadmill to the Fast Track, and we have some articles there on helping you to job search during the Christmas season. Thank you so much, Ben, for joining us. Uh, We've uh, really learned a lot, and we appreciate your being with us. We wish everyone a wonderful Christmas. And, Ken? Happy Hanukkah. Thank you very much, and happy Hanukkah to all of you. Merry Christmas to all of you, and uh, happy New Year as well. Thank Thank you, Ben. Ben. Take care. Appreciate very much for being on. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, right here. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.